Kiddushin Daf Kavlav Amud Aleph, the soul of a transaction, Smichut Daat V'Gilui Daat. So we learned yesterday, we're involved in this area of Kinyanim, the moment of transaction, the relationship between a person and the objects he or she owns. And we understood the essence of Kinyanim with that statement of Rib Shimon Shkop, that Gidrea Kinyanim Hu Lachalifu Lechadesh Koach Hashlita Shel Adam Alachifetz. That the purpose of kinyanim, the definition of kinyanim, is to exchange and renew the power of ownership, not quite shlita, as we said, is not just ownership, but it's the power of mastery of a human being on the objects around him. And we learned using the Reb Shimshon Raphael Hirsch yesterday that this is a wonderful idea because kinyan separates the ideas of ownership and possession that you can own something that you don't have physical possession of. And if that's the case, it's very important to define kinyan. If ownership and possession were the same thing, then it's easy to define kinyan. It's yours when it's in your possession. If it's in your possession, it's yours. If it's not in your possession, it isn't. And that brings to a certain alimut, that brings to a, a bullying dimension of human society, as people would grab things from each other. But Kinyan introduces the idea that I can own something that is in a, in a different country. It's far from where I am. I can own it. From what moment do I own it? That's an important legal issue. It's a physical question. Who owns this object at this given moment? And it's an important metaphysical issue. Who's the bailim? Who's connected to this object? As we said yesterday, there is a metaphysical connection between a person and the objects that he or she uses or owns. The things we use, the things we own, affect us. We affect the things that we own. There's a relationship between us and the physical universe, not only the living physical universe, the organic physical universe, but even the inorganic physical universe, the domain, just things, objects. There is a a dynamic relationship spiritually between us and the things that, that we own. That being the case, how can a Kenyan just be a physical action? If there's a metaphysical spiritual element to ownership, How can it be that just by doing some kind of bureaucratic act, whether it's signing a document or lifting something up, these meaningless gestures, how can a meaningless gesture transform a relationship is what we look at today. And the answer is meaningless gestures don't transform relationships. You remember we learned some time ago that that we Jews don't do meaningless. It's not not our thing when we we do things with meaning. And a kinyan is not a meaningless gesture. There is soul to a kinyan. And we'll understand the soul in today's learning. We'll understand what, is the, what do we mean by the soul of a Kenyan. In so doing, we'll be introduced to the idea of smichut da'at and gilui da'at, which is the chazal, the, the Gemara, the Torah's ability to get deep into the psyche of the transactor and to understand what he's thinking and feeling at that moment. So we learned about various different kinyanim yesterday and the Gemara yesterday. We didn't go through that Gemara in the Matmoni, but even how do, you, how do you acquire an elephant? You can't pick him up. You can't move him. What do you do with him? We had all sorts of different discussions. Today on Dav Chavav, we're learning about immovable property. An elephant, there's still, the Gemara gives us ways that you can get an elephant to move. But what do you do with a field, a house? Nechasim sheyesh lehem achrayut niknim bekesef uvishtaru vechazoko. Property is acquired through kinyanim of kesef, money, changes hands, shtar, a document changes hands, 
or chazoka, you begin to use the property in the presence of the seller, and the seller allows that usage, that's, a, that's called chazoka. The Gemara goes on, Rav and Shmuel each introduce a caveat to the element of kesef. Money works, says Rav, provided that, that you're not living in a place where property is usually accompanied by documentary transactions. Like in our society, there's, there's a documentary transaction for every property transaction. So you, it's a case if a loan is not enough for a Kenyan, you need to actually write the document and hand over the document as well. Although the Mishnah says it can be any one of them, there are situations, says Rav, where Kesef alone, money alone, is not sufficient to be a piece of property. Shmuel says, Never, in a sale, never is a star sufficient. You always have to pay money as well. The document alone is not sufficient. So Rav says sometimes money alone is not sufficient. Shmuel, and we're going to focus on Shmuel, says a document isn't sufficient. Although the Mishnah says, Niknin bishtar, you can acquire property with a document, says Shmuel, that's talking about gifting a property. But if you're selling property, there's got to be payment. Why, says Rashi? On the first one, Ravi says, Rashi introduces us to the idea of smichut dat. Because in the first case, the buyer doesn't rest, he doesn't relax in the knowledge that the deal is complete until he's holding a document. Because it's an area where they sign documents. So yes, you've paid me, but until I'm holding a document, I don't feel like the owner of the property. And then further on in Shmuel, Moche Umakne are not so much logamar, Moche Umikne ad Kabil Damim. The seller and the buyer, just by transferring a document, neither seller nor buyer has completely comple- has completed the emotional transaction until the money has been paid. So we introduced to this idea of, yeah, there's a physical transaction in our secular world, that's all you need. Did you go through the motions? Did you cross the T's and dot the I's and sign the documents? If you did, the sales, the sale, I don't care what was in your mind and what was in your emotions and what you dreamt that night and whether you cried afterwards, it's done. The deal is done. With Chazal, it's not so because we're talking not only about physical connections, but also about metaphysical connections. In that case, we've got to understand what, what are the feelings. Says, explains Rashi, there's an idea of Gemar Da'at and Smichut Da'at. Did they really release and acquire in their hearts. You can only buy something from somebody else if that person has emotionally let go of it. If they're still attached to it, you can't acquire it. You can only acquire something if you've emotionally connected with it. If you're still doubting your connection, your connection hasn't started. We see this kind of spiritual dimension to Kinyanim. Now the Rashbor, we're going to focus on a, on a wonderful Rashbor. The Rashbor makes a difference between Kesef and Chazaka, and in this process we'll understand Kesef much better. And, the, and, and Shtar and Chazaka, the Rashbor goes into the question and says, yes, it's true what Shmuel says, that a Shtar alone is not sufficient, that you've also got to have money. Lo kana ad lo damim. Documentary transaction is not sufficient. You need, it's only complete when you've paid. Because until you've paid, there's no relaxation. Says the Rashbor, but there's a view that with Chazaka that doesn't apply. If instead of using document as the Kenyan, you used Chazaka, which is in front of the, the seller, you dug in the field, you used the field, you've picked the fruit, you actually became active as an owner in his presence, then we don't worry about the money. 
it's only if, if it's documentary. So you're standing in, in London and you're doing a documentary transaction of a property in New York. That is not going to be complete until payment is made. But if you're in New York and you've moved your furniture into the apartment and you haven't yet paid, that's a full Kenya. Nobody can go back on it. That's a chiluk that the Rashbor makes. The Rashbor goes on in, in, in explaining Shmuel and he says, Ikemandama, we're going to view one, there's, there's one view which we focus on. Lo damim the reason that this doesn't work is if I've given you a document, if I'm the seller and I've given you a document, I'm still not complete in my mind. I haven't relaxed about, I haven't let go until the money is paid. Because I've, I've got no, no hold over you. Once you've moved into the property, once, once I've, you've, you've given me a shtar, but you, and, and now you're moving into the property and you're starting your life and you haven't yet paid, what, what can I hold over you? You're in my property already. Now I've got to sue you to get the money. I'm not letting go of this property until I've got the money in my hand. That's the reason he explains the Rashi. The chachomim go down into the deep subconscious of the seller and determines that a seller does not release emotional ownership of his property until payment has been made. At least in the case of Shtar Chazaka, we've learned is different. And then he says, Inami, or there's a slightly different way of understanding it, the Ikelameimah, di bishtar kivan de lo nachit la'ara, ki lo ayl v'nafik azuzi lo gilui daite ike. The Rashboi introduces us to the second emotional dimension of Kinyan, and that's gilui dat. So in Kenyan, we need a physical action. You've got to do something visible, something that witnesses could see. So you've got to lift it, you've got to pull it, you've got to give a document. There's something physical you've got to do. But we're saying physical alone doesn't work. Without physical, it also doesn't work. You can't have in your mind, I'm transferring this to you. You've got to express it physically. But it's not just an action. You've actually got to express your inner feelings in a Kenyan. That's what's beautiful about Kenyan and unique in Torah law. It doesn't apply in any other legal system. That you've got to express your inner feelings. That's called giluidat. And he says that if this person hasn't gone into my property, we're talking about London and New York. We've signed a document in London. And I'm not nagging you for the money. The reason I'm not nagging you for the money is because you haven't taken occupation yet. So I don't care. The fact that you haven't paid me yet is okay. You, I, I figure you will pay me. But if you have actually occupied the apartment in New York, and I'm your neighbor, I see you walking in every day, and I don't ask you for the money. I say good morning to you every day. How's the apartment? How's life? Have you moved in well? Are you settling in? Anything I can do to help? But, he, but I haven't paid the money yet. Clearly, I'm not worried about the money. I've let go already. The money will come. So where there's chazaka, if chazaka is accompanied by not nagging for the money, says the Rashbo, that is a giluidat. That is a revelation, a physical manifestation of an inner emotion, which is, I've given up, I've, I've handed it over, I've, I've emotionally withdrawn from the apartment, it's yours even though you haven't paid. But if we're in London, the fact that I'm not nagging you for the money is no sign that I've given up and that, that the money is not important to me and that I've already let go of the apartment because I've kind of still got the keys. You haven't moved in, so I'm not so worried. You'll know that if you have to move in, you, if you want to move in, you're going to pay, so I'm okay with that. But once you've moved in, it's different. 
תהילה ואכילו אבישתיק לי, כי מדחזי לי, אבל ארי וזה, אבל אכיל ארי וזה נראה, וזה נראה נכון. וכן במשיכת מטלטלין, the same applies with משיכה, when you, if I'm selling you my watch, and you lift up the watch, and you take the watch away, and I don't complain about payment, clearly I'm not worried about payment, you put the watch in your pocket already. But if I do, if I'm complaining about it, then clearly I haven't made a Kenyan yet. So this idea is really important of, even when I've done the physical transaction, there are times when, unless I've been paid, I haven't let go. So what is the money transaction? I understand Chazaka, I go into the, I go into the, the property, and I work the property, that's a Kenyan, I'm working in the property, I'm handling the object that I'm buying. So that's my ownership. I even understand shtar. This is a document you can use for evidence, it's available, everybody can see it. It says, this field is mine. But if I just hand you money, and I don't even have to hand you all the money, I just have to hand you a deposit. And just to say, this is a deposit for the property, it's the Kenyan, I want to acquire it with this money, the same as a, under the chupa, and with the, the rest of the money will come. And I can just give you $10 for it. That's a Kenya. What's going on? What is the role of Kesef? And there are times when the other Kenyanim, which seems so strong, because a, a document is clearly written. Surely a document is strong. No, Sishmuel. Even a document doesn't work unless there's payment. You've got to, you've got to have payment as well. Why? What does payment do? So what we, we understand here is that if it's important that the seller has to let go, Again, the transaction is, it was mine, it's now yours. This has legal ramifications, it has physical ramifications, and it has spiritual ramifications. If it has spiritual ramifications, and legal for that matter, I've really got to have let go of it so that you can acquire it. Letting go is not an easy thing. We've had the cheering before on, on letting go of, of, of things, letting go of emotions. Here we're talking about letting go of a physical thing. It's not easy for us to let go. That's why our houses are cluttered with all the junk we never use, because we can't throw it out. We can't even give it away. It's hard to let go of things. It's certainly a property. Are we sure they've let go? That's what we're going in. Are we sure the sellers let go? Sometimes we're not sure. But there's a document, he signed, everybody was standing there. But he hasn't been paid. But they agreed that he hasn't been paid. What does payment do? You see, sometimes to let go, sometimes we can just let go easily. We get to a position, it's time to let this go, throw this out. It's time to let my child go, to let them get married. But there's a time when we can't, we need to be enticed to let go. And that's what Kesif does. Okay, you've paid me, you've compensated me. So I'm fine, I'm letting go of the field, but I've got the money. So sometimes we can let go unilaterally, and sometimes we need to be enticed to let go. And that idea of being enticed to let go is important. We have it even if I come to you for dinner. You're letting go of the food you're, you're feeding me. You're giving it to me. I need to be giving something to you too. You're not inviting me to dinner as an act of charity. You're inviting me to dinner as an act of companionship and friendship. So I've got to invest in that relationship so that you feel it's worthwhile. Otherwise, people have the most terrible feeling of being exploited and taken advantage of and robbed of stuff. That's what it feels like. If somebody takes something from you without giving anything back, you feel robbed. That's the role of Kesef in transaction. Kesef entices you into emotionally letting go because you're not being robbed, you're being paid. A person works for a balabos, he doesn't feel exploited because he's being paid. If he's being underpaid, he does feel exploited. That's the role of Kesef, is to compensate a person to 
let go, to let go of the work I've given you and not be claiming anything, to let go of the money I'm paying you as an employer because you're doing work for me. That's what transaction is. Transaction facilitates the transfer of labor and capital and, and objects by one person letting go so that the other person can move into his, his or her place. So this idea is important. Let's go back to what we discovered yesterday that, that Malki Tzedek told us about the ideas of Kinyanim in saying, Lekel Elyon Konei Shamayim Varetz Hashem is Konei. Hashem has acquired the world. And what Kinyan means over there is Kinyan is he's invested in the world. He's the creator of the world. The greatest Kinyan is to create something. And that's an important idea, by the way, as an aside in intellectual property. Yes, intellectual property belongs to the person who created it. I know in today's world we've kind of abandoned ownership of intellectual property. But it's not so simple. If you've created something, that's yours. There's no, and now you've got to work out how do you transfer it. Now you get onto transactions. But the initiation of ownership, the Rishonim say is in Kenyan, is Bria, is to create something. Hashem created the world. It's His. So how can we use it? How can we make use of it? Hashem created the world. Where has He given us the right to use it? Says the Gemara in Baruchas, you remember, Rav Yehud in the name of Shmuel, the same Shmuel we're learning over here. If you don't say a bracha, you are robbing the Rebbeinu Shalom. You're taking from something he hasn't given you permission to take. Rav Levi, Rami, Rav Levi says, in fact, it says that, that everything belongs to Hashem, but it also says, we have to entice Hashem to let go as well. Hashem says, I'll give it to you. You can use it. But what are you giving me back? I've got to let go of my beautiful world so that you can consume it. I made this beautiful cow and you're going to sit at Kazan and eat a steak? With what right? Who gave you that steak? Okay, you paid Mr. Kazan for the steak, but it's mine. What are you doing for me? A brocha. The Gemara says in Kabbalah, we have, when you make a brocha, you're giving Hashem koach. You, you're infusing energy into Hashem kebeyachol. Hashem says, give me some energy so that I can release it willingly and have pleasure out of your consumption of this world and, fi and find joy in that. That's something we need to know, that we have to entice even the Rebbeinah Shalom to let go of his beautiful world so that we can consume it. We have to entice one another to let go of the things we take from them so that they can enjoy the transaction. As a buyer, we need to entice the seller. Sometimes there's enough of a relationship, it doesn't need enticing. There's a chazakah. If, I, if he, I'm living next to him and he sees me move my furniture in and he doesn't ask for the money, I can assume he doesn't need enticement. He has let go. But if you don't have that gilui da'at, as the Rashbah says, if the, if the individual has not revealed the fact that he has let go emotionally, you can't make that assumption. And you've got to actually entice him. If you've paid him, yes, you agreed that this money is in exchange for the property. So if you've at least begun to pay him, he feels okay, he doesn't feel exploited, and he's able to let go, let go emotionally. Look how deeply the Chazal go into understanding the emotions and the feelings, because transactions are not just about meaningless actions and bureaucratic documents. A transaction is about the true emotional and spiritual, not only legal, transfer of the objects we own to somebody else's ownership and to somebody else's shlita. <laughs>